1: Uh, welcome in. It is a uh, Friday Patrick Johnson show here on uh, 94.3 The Game as we make our adjustments. Always something going on. Always. Um, let's uh, say hello to uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington. He'll have a 94.3 The Game Sports Flash update and Pirate Report coming on. Pilk, hope you're well. Check your text. And uh, let's go now to uh, our first guest. Uh, old friend, I haven't talked to him in quite a bit. It's been a minute. Uh, Chris Hughes, Carolina Preps, also a contributor to the uh, N and uh, Charlotte uh, Observer as well. He joins us here on this final Friday of the high school football season. Chris, it's hard to believe high school football is already uh, wrapping up the regular year. Great to talk to you, by the way. I hope you're well, buddy.
2: Well, I'm doing great, Patrick, and I appreciate you having me on as always. And you're right, it's been a minute. Um, I can't believe you've waited to the last week of the season to bring me <laughs> on. But uh, it, it's always good to talk high school sports or anything, politics, barbecue, you name it, we'll, we'll do it. Uh, always good to be on your radio show.
1: You can do it. You're capable. So uh, the great Chris Hughes, uh, founder of Carolina Preps, is uh, with us here. What is the overall theme of this regular season, what has it been? What what would you say? Be it a, a rule change, be it a specific team, be it a specific region, specific player. What's the story of the twenty three regular season?
2: Yeah, you know, that's a question I've not thought about. Um, I'm going to have to sit here and ponder over that for a moment. Um, <laughs> you know, I think the overwhelming theme has kind of just been, you know, the the uncertainty. Uh, within the North Carolina legislature and the the future uncertainty regarding to the NCHSAA and you know what's it going to look like moving forward. Now, of course, you know we've got a status quo year this year. I mean, we're going to have our championships at college venues as always, and and you know we kind of know what we have. Uh, but I do think that there has been you know you know the one constant that seems to get my inbox going or my text messages and the phone calls and the questions, you know, regarding the state association, Q uh, Tucker and, and, you know, the general assembly and all that.
1: When you say it'll be a status quo year in Chapel Hill and, uh, Raleigh will be hosting championships at UNC and NC state respectively. Is that, uh, is it as soon as next year that could not be happening?
2: Yeah. You know, it's a million-dollar question. I have heard next year, I've heard 25. I'm not really sure, and and that's embarrassing for me to say. But there's just been so much conjecture and just really unknown out there for any of us to really know exactly when that takes place. Um, I'm not sure. But, you know, and I'll go on record. The one thing I do know, you know, could there have been changes? Could there have been some oversight? Of course, you know. I think it's always good to have some checks and balances within the governing of anything, you know, whether it's our country or any business or whatever the case. But I still firmly believe the NCHSAA should be the ones running the show, and you know, without them having the ability to do what they do, you know, I think we're going to start seeing championships at high schools very soon, and I think that's a enormous step back for high school sports in well, our state. Why?
1: Why would that be? I, I, I mean, maybe you maybe it's more opinion, but I mean, I, to me, that is a part of it. That I mean, these are public institutions; that we're all under the same umbrella in a sense, as far as taxpayers paying for these facilities in some way, shape, or form. So I, I don't get. To me, it seems like the move would be: let's take the basketball regionals and put them back in some kind of college setting. Uh, to accommodate crowds. I don't understand this step back because that was a big point of contention among membership.
2: Yeah, but, you know, that, that we already got a taste a couple of years ago of some baseball championships and some basketball regionals at different high schools, and it just did not right. work very well. You know, you know the types of crowds, the types of media uh, that swarm upon these events, you know, everything – uh, the hoopla, the pageantry, the excitement, you know, the parking. It's, it, it's a big deal to host these games. And I think that you put them back on the campus. And I'm old enough to remember when high school state championship games were played at the campus, and it was overwhelming for that school. I just don't think that that's the best for the fans. I don't think it's the best for the student athletes. You know, these players, you, you know, most of them, I would say 90 some odd percent will never step foot on a college campus again to play a game. And for them, whether it's in basketball or football or baseball or some other sport, to have an opportunity to play in front of a huge stadium, a collegiate field, you know, under the lights, the TV, the whole nine yards, I just think that that's such an awesome thing. And and I hope that is not going to be missed.
1: The founder of Carolina Preps, Chris Hughes, joining us uh, here so, I, again, I guess I, where I'm trying to figure out here, Chris, and again, I, you know, I, I don't know if this is uh, known to anybody yet, but wh- why would the state not want these games, championship games, to be played on those campuses? It seems to me, again, that it would only make sense. But what, because, what's the.
2: Because the schools, the state universities are not going to just give the campuses rent free anyone to use for championship gotcha. venues.
0: we gotcha. got everything
2: from parking to facilities to the labor the police officers the the emt all of the different uh cottage industries that come together to make these go on so you know the state universities are not going to just give them away and and we've already seen the restrictions in the literature of the state association not being able to go out and raise money anymore and that money that they raised was just for these events i mean i, I know for a fact that these events, mean, is in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, almost in the Mm million-dollar range to put on for the year, and and with the state association unable to go out and seek corporate sponsors, which is far and away what paid for a lot of these events, I just think that it's going to be a big loss for our student-athletes. So why why
1: do lawmakers not want them to have the ability to go get sponsorship dollars for these events? Are they saying that with that endowment that should be paying for the Championship events—is that what the yeah. the, the yeah, thinking you know, is? I don't
2: know. I, I, that's a good question, Patrick. And you know, um, I think that there is some some anger, some frustration, maybe some jealousy. You know, wishing that they could get their hands on the money. I'm not really sure what it is, but you, you got to think of when when the great late Charlie Adams, you know, when he when he built the endowment back in 1993 when it was started, you know, it was written in such a way that you, you it very uh, infinitely controlled what that money could be used for, how it could be used. And, you know, you just couldn't go out and just take that money to go pay something else. It's just not the way it was written. So they're not allowed to use that just for operational expenses and things like that. That money is money that has been given back to the schools. So they can't use that for operational expenses for the association.
1: Chris Hughes, com, a contributor to uh, the News Observer and the Charlotte Observer is with us here if Q tucker resigned retired would a lot of this headache or potential headache go away
2: that's a loaded question um and <laughs> I, I will say that I, I, I saved it
1: think... i saved it for the best for last in the high school regular season chris so you knew i was gonna pepper you
2: i um I think the world of Sue Tucker. I think that the years and decades and decades of service that she has given back to the boys and girls and the high schools and the communities of the state is, is unmatched. You know, what she's done uh, and the impact that she has had, uh, whether it's, you know, women's sports title nine. Whether her basketball coaching career at NC State, right. uh, And then right. her, and then since I think 1992, when she moved on to the NCHSAA. Uh, I mean, what she's been able to do is, is phenomenal, and and I think that I think the world of her. With that being said, are there some individuals out there, especially in the state legislature, that I feel has made a personal attack at her? Sure, I do. I mean, I I hate that it's come to that, and I hate to admit that, but sure, I, I do think that she has been ground zero or the target uh, for several lawmakers. And, and that's very unfortunate. And it's unfortunate because the state, and when I say the state, the, the, the boys and girls, the students, the, the, the coaches, the teachers, the educators, everybody involved, they're suffering because of this. I do believe that there are probably some personal vendettas within our state legislature that are going after Q and had Q maybe stepped aside and resigned. A lot of this probably wouldn't happen. But I also applaud her and understand her reasoning for fighting and digging in and doing what she feels right. And you know, I don't always have the same agreements with her. You know, you know, I might be of a different stance in some things and versus the other. But but nonetheless, she has been steadfast in her doing things by the book. And 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 by the book is probably the one thing I would say that that she is she is to a T just like Charlie Adams was uh she follows the rules you know when there's adjudication of a rule that goes out i mean she follows it by the book there's no leeway whatsoever but i think that that hard stone cold governance with no leeway is probably why a lot of people just don't like her sometimes
1: well chris i think that's a very nice way of saying charlie adams ruled this thing with a iron fist and i experienced that firsthand i'm sure you did other people i've talked to experienced that firsthand So Q learned kind of at uh, Charlie's knee, if you will, and when it eventually became her turn, she was going to run it like Charlie Adams did. That might have been fine in the 1980s or 1990s, but I don't know if it's a realistic way to go about running things in, uh, you know, the aughts and the 20-teens and the 2020s. I I mean, I I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's a different so, world, I mean, But this, I'll say this. I mean, us saying that yeah. she runs like Charlie Adams, I mean, that's a compliment to her. And I'm going to give that compliment to her every day because I've seen, I've been in board meetings with her. I've seen her interact behind closed doors in public. I mean, Q Tucker to me is the same Q Tucker you get every day. That, that, that is one thing about her. She doesn't change her colors and, and, and operate one way in public and another way in closed doors. I think she is who she is. And I, I think you got to applaud her for that.
1: I do think she's gotten a little bit of a bad rap with this, in all honesty, uh, if, I'm, if I'm being truthful. Yeah. agree. And um, so where does this ultimately go in your mind, Chris? This whole, I mean, does the association dissolve as it is and another one is created and everybody uh, that's currently there is sort of wiped out and new people are hot? H- how does all this sort of play out over the next several years?
2: I wish I had a crystal ball and could give you the answer to that, Patrick. I really do. Unfortunately, I just don't know that I have that answer. Um, you know, in some former, the other, I guess, the State Board of Education, the DPI, I mean, they're going to have their hands heavily involved in running this. You know, to what degree of oversight the, the state legislature gets involved, I'm not really sure. Um, but some way, shape, or form, you're going to see. Um, changes. Uh, I'm, I, I wish I, I could tell you what those are going to be Patrick, but you know, here on October 27th, I just don't know the answer.
1: Uh, Chris, as far as, um, you know, I think we all agree that there are some things that needed to be changed with the association that we're not going to go in any direction without some nudging. Now this is more like a shove than a nudge, but, uh, I, I, I think somewhere there has to be a happy medium in this. And I don't yeah. know if we, I, I just don't know where that's going to come from, because as you say, there's some, some axes being grinded right now. Uh, Tucker's dug in and I, and I like commissioner Tucker, but I think she's dug in on some things. And uh, I, I just wonder at this point, are the adults really looking out for the best interest of the kids on both sides? They say yeah, they do.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, Patrick. And, and you know, I think there could be a happy medium. I, you know, the NCHSA, it's been going on for 110 years since 1913, 1914. You know, they absolutely need to be the ones governing high school athletics in our state. So that, that, that's my one constant. They need to be the ones running it. Could there be, you know, a subcommittee within our legislature that, that operates as a checks and balances that, you know, audits the books or, or whatever? Sure, I have no problem whatsoever with some sort of oversight when it comes to the state government. But should the state legislature, should, you know, congressman so-and-so from whatever district get involved because his team was deemed ineligible or because his team got put in a really bad conference when realignment came to be? You know, that those are the kind of things that I think does not need to happen. You know, I think for far and away the NCHSAA has been unbiased and and very by the book when it comes to issues like realignment, which is always a huge issue because, and that's what always seems to get people's feathers ruffled the most, you know, when it comes to classifications and things like that. And that's where I think the NCHSAA, and remember the NCHSAA is not the the individuals up there on Finley Golf Course Road in Chapel Hill, it's all the schools, all the administrators, the athletic directors, the board of directors, that, they, they govern themselves. And when it comes to issues like that, that's where the NCHSA needs to continue to be operating.
3: All
1: right. Uh, yeah, and uh, there will be more time to talk about this. Thank you for coming on and, and discussing this uh, here. Any uh, As we start the playoffs next week, this is an area where I think people get torqued off. They wanted to eliminate the endowment game. Well, the, there was a little end around here from the association. We'll eliminate the endowment game. No problem. We'll cut the regular season back a week. But all of a sudden, we've added an extra round of the playoffs. Yeah.
2: They're going to yeah. get their money. And that, that that is where Chris Hughes has a stance against the NCHSA. I thought that was the most bogus thing I've ever heard. Yes, get rid of the endowment game. But I, I was of the stance, 16 high school games. 17-week season, you know, going from the beginning and really the end of July through mid-December, that is way too long uh, for a high school football kid to be playing football, a contact sport. I mean, colleges, I mean, that's 17 weeks. That's an NFL season. Kids do not need to be playing that long. So that is where I have a firm stance of, you know what, that was a bogus rule. I would much rather see 14 or 15 games as in the old days and, and keeping 16, I thought, was really, really irresponsible.
1: Well, they wanted their money. Now they don't get it in Moss like they did with the endowment game, but they still get it from because about everybody's in the playoffs now. So uh, it just I, again, I can I can see this from both sides of the coin. It's not cut and dry with me, I, I think you and others like it is with a lot of you know educators and administrators that uh, speak out on it. You know, because that I agree with you a thousand percent. There, you've you've kept the season long and you've done it and you're still getting, there's still money going into their coffers. So what what, could something be done with the endowment that would appease people? I mean, what, what, or do you have an opinion on that?
2: I would give, I would give it back to the schools more. I mean, I I don't, I don't know if, if there's, an equitable way to do it to maybe try to give more to the schools that need it versus the schools that don't need it. You know, there's schools that that need it more than others. Um, And and you and I both know that, Uh, you you know, you look at your city schools, you know, your underperforming schools, your underprivileged schools, some schools that I think could really get a boost with some of that endowment money. Um, And I would love to see a large majority of it given back to the schools uh, to, to do whatever. And, and, You you know, yes, it should be athletic-based. You know, it shouldn't be used necessarily to put lights up on a football field or a softball field for a school.
0: (laughs) Uh, But there are
2: probably some monies that they could give opportunities to to kids uh, with all those millions of dollars sitting in the bank. So I I do think that that would be a great use of it.
1: All right. uh, Again, thanks for taking the time to talk about this. Chris Hughes, founder of Carolina Preps, with us. Uh, Some teams to watch. Ah, uh, be it from the east or be it from uh, the entire state, as we start the playoffs next week.
2: Well, um, it depends on which you're, you you want to start in the one A, the four A. It doesn't matter. Just, uh, just
1: a smattering. Just, uh, just kind of run through. Particularly the east. Who are the teams to watch? Yeah.
2: You know, in the 4A, uh, I'll start up there on the top. Uh, there, there's a big one being played tonight between Cleveland and Clayton. I think that those are two that's kind of been a little bit off the radar for some folks, uh, 9-0 Cleveland, 8-1 Clayton. Uh, that, that's going to be a game that I think could go a long way toward kind of looking at what the eastern landscape and big 4A football looks like. Uh, I would not give up on a New Bern team. I know that they've had a lot of, you know, ups and downs with the forfeits and, and just a lot of the stuff. Really not so much pertaining to this year, but I still think that that's a pretty good football team. Uh, so I, I still think that they're going to make some noise. But overall in the, four, in the 4A, the four I think that Roseville is the one team that I think you're going to have to go through Roseville um, in, in eastern North Carolina. Uh, in 3A, I think it's a little bit more wide open, although I think the balance of power in 3A is far – Far and away in the West, you've got, you know, Crest and Kings Mountain who are going to have it tonight. Uh, but you still got some teams in Eastern North Carolina in the 3A that are really good, like 71st over there in Fayetteville, uh, Greensboro-Dudley. Uh, you know, so 3A is a little bit more um, kind of up in the air. Uh, 2A, though, is where I think it's got an – Strong, strong Eastern North Carolina field. Obviously, Clinton. Clinton's one of the toughest teams in the state. Uh, I think they could hold their own against a lot of the 3- and 4-A teams. Uh, You've got a big one going on tonight between Wallace Rose Hill and traditional rival rival James Keenan. And don't forget about East Supland. I know that they snapped their 23-game winning streak last week, Uh, but I think East Supland and Coach Battle-Holly, I think that's a team that can still make some noise and make it to the deep rounds of the playoffs. Chris, great to talk to
1: you. Thanks a lot, my friend, and uh, we'll talk to you, I'm sure, at some point here on one of these Fridays uh, as we go through the playoffs.
2: Always a pleasure, Patrick, and I appreciate you having me on.
1: Great to talk to Chris Hughes again. Good guy and uh, the best when it comes to uh, just opinion and coverage of high school athletics and high school football in the state. All right, uh, we'll take a timeout. Speaking of high school football, big cross-county game tonight couple of them, but uh, we'll spotlight Conley in South Central. And uh, Chris Cherry, legendary basketball coach at South Central, AD for the Falcons, and their football coach this year. We'll talk to him about the matchup tonight and how the season has gone. Coming up next on the Get You to the Weekend Football Friday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show.
0: Sometimes you just don't know if you want to kiss him Or slap him. Ow! Either way, he'd probably like it. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game.
1: All right. uh, Welcome back. Patrick Johnson here with you. And uh, let's go now to the uh, phone lines where uh, we are joined by South Central football coach, uh, our friend Chris Cherry, uh, AD there. And uh, coach is uh, one of the best. Uh, championship basketball coach for all of these years, and uh, he has turned around a South Central program. They got off to a really uh, fine start. I found the sledding a little tough here, but they're going to try to uh, come back and uh, finish up things on a high note tonight against uh, Conley at Hollywood Crossroads. Hey, Coach, always great to talk to you. I hope you're doing well, and thanks for taking the time on a game day. Hey, thanks,
3: Patrick, man. Always good to hear from you.
1: So give me an idea of, uh, you know, when you made the decision to take over the football program after many years of being a a successful and state championship basketball coach.
3: Um, You know, it was, um, you you get to a point um, where, just to go back, um, we had a couple of my other administrators prior to that had talked to me about um, possibly taking over at different times when we had openings and. You know, at that time, those times, I didn't feel like the time was right. I feel like I had so much more to accomplish and to get done here with the basketball program. And then, you know, we got to this last instance, and I felt like, well, you know, the basketball program is on, on solid ground. Um, been very successful year in and year out. Um, so maybe it's time for, you know, maybe it's time to to give it a shot.
1: You know, you played football played football in college so it wasn't like you were just a basketball guy right
3: that's exactly right and I actually started out um you know at my alma mater at Plymouth you know working under the coach uh yeah. Robert Cody you know I was office coordinator yeah. for eight years there and I came back and coached my first uh year here with coach Davis at South Central you know before I just you know just dove into basketball you know we were it was such a such a it, at the time it was such a goldmine of a job that nobody knew about it. So I just really felt like I had to dive into that 100% and, you know, just bring the best out of of the basketball program. and that's what we we did.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, Coach, when you, uh, you know, it's kind of been said to me before, um, a a good coach, a great coach could coach any sport. I mean, coaching is coaching in some ways at the end of the day. Yes, it, it helps to have some knowledge uh, in that, uh, field or, or know the game. But as far as organization and motivation and, uh, fire, a lot of that, it, it does kind of translate over from sport to sport. I would, I would imagine.
3: Yes. You know, when you get to, you know, football at, at this level, um, you know, you gotta have a little bit of knowledge of it also, you know, and, you know, you know, the game, you know, the game hasn't has changed so much over the years, you know, you know, a lot of teams are not huddling now, but the game is still warm
2: between,
3: you know, from tackle to tackle. I mean, you know, you can just, you know, you, you can handle it any way you want to, but if you can't, if you can't, if you can't win from tackle to tackle, you know, you, you, you you're you not going to be very successful.
1: Yeah. Hey, coach, uh, some kids that have had a good year for, uh, for you, tell our listeners about who they are. you got some young, some young talent at some key positions.
3: Yes. Uh, we have, uh. Davarius Johnson, a wide receiver, he had he's had a he's had a tremendous year for us. Um, at receiver, uh, you know, uh, we know we had you know uh, a couple senior uh, linemen that's had good years for us. You know, Drake Hankers has been really good for us this year, also, and our two linebackers uh, have been very very good for us, also. And you know, we have a young quarterback. You know, it was a sophomore. He's improving you know he missed he missed a month, you know what you know with an injury, but he's back there, so you know we're glad to have him back and so you know the program you know is is moving slowly, you know, and but we're moving on the upswing and we just you know we gotta keep grinding, you know, I told the kids you know this is a very unforgiving conference, you know you take away the the miss you know with newman of course, and the last month you know we played we played teams with a total of three losses, and those losses were to each other,
1: right, yeah. Well, they can take away from Newbern what they want to take away, but on the field that, that's a that's still a heck of a football team. Yeah. yeah that's that's
3: um, a really good football team.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh tonight Conley, what are your impressions of the Vikings and uh and uh, what do the Falcons have to do to come away with the victory?
3: Uh you know, Nate's always done a, a good job that you know those kids are going to be sound. Um they're going to, you know, they they'll be really good schematically. Um would have been a rival game, you know, that always adds a little bit to it. But we do we just gotta be sound. on that. Like I tell the kids, we just have to eliminate, you know, the, the self inflicted wounds. You know, the preaching out penalties getting you behind the chains. You know, if we can do those things then I you know, I oh well I, I know we'll compete. That's one thing we we've done all year, you know, we've competed and you know, we're gonna compete every night.
1: Chris, you know, uh, I've always been a fan of uh, the work you do with uh, young people. You've done a fantastic job, and uh, I admire you for taking on this challenge uh, because uh, the football program has had some some high moments, but it's had a lot of valleys, and uh, I think you're going to get it going in the right direction and have it going in the right direction. So good luck uh, tonight against Conley, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you uh, soon. It's going to be weird to just be – on the sidelines, not on the sidelines, but like you know, kind of watching basketball for the Falcons this year instead of instead of coaching it.
3: Like Those, mostrar, <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know. I'm sure it'll be an adjustment, but you know, I'm I'm so happy for you know Coach Leland Jones. You know, he's been with me 13 years, and you know, at some point, you know, you know they're ready, and you know, you have to you have to pay it forward. You know, so I thought it was his time, and you know, if I if I was going to do it, you know, I was going to do it. You know you know, keep it within the family, so to say, you know, so I'm just excited
1: yeah. for him. Hey coach. Thanks a lot. Good luck tonight.
3: Hey man. Thanks. To Patrick. Good to hear from you as always, man.
1: Yeah. Great to have Chris cherry on. We got such great coaches and administrators. Tell you what, Pilk, why don't we go ahead and do an update that way uh, we can kind of close things out uh, when we need to, to send it out to Rose, uh, is that what we need to do? Tell me what we need to do here, Pilk. I should actually ask you
4: that. say it's up to you. You want to go, go three segments today or four? It's up to you.
1: I would rather go as few segments as possible. Whatever gets me out of here the quickest, Pilk. That's what I'm looking <laughs> alrighty, for. All righty, Yeah, righty. got is calling.
4: That's true, and those guys need to connect with us. So, yeah, let's, let's, let's do an update now. How about it?
1: Okay, uh, here it is. Take your time. Fill up the ref, Pilkington, with a 94-3 the game sports flash update and pirate report.
4: Pilk. Thanks, Patrick. We will start with Pirate Athletics as they are, the football team, excuse me, is traveling to UTSA this weekend. Pirate Defensive Coordinator talked about how the team is all in this together. Yeah, you know, it's all, it's all we-fence. You know, it's not offense, defense, special teams. We all in this thing together and we all got to make sure we're all pointing in the same direction and, and keeping, the, keeping the fight together. That game can be heard right here on 94.3 The Game at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon with the network coverage starting at 2.30 and our Bush-like Pirate Game Day Countdown with Patrick Johnson, Terrence Copper, Steve and Igo, and Joe Sampson starting at 12.30. Last night, the Pirates soccer team fell to Charlotte 3-1 in the season finale. The two teams will meet again on Tuesday in the first round of the AAC tournament. Tonight, the volleyball team will be at Rice as they try and build on a six-game win streak. They are on a western part of the conference trip. They will take on Tulsa on Sunday. Come out tomorrow morning to Overton's Lake Christie as the Pirates host the conference cross-country meets. At 9.15, the men will run, and at 10 a.m., the women will run. Tonight on 94.3, the game, and Oldies 94-1, you can hear Rose against Havelock from Havelock. The Rose broadcast on 94.3 and the Havelock broadcast on 94-1. Edenton will be on our sister station, Talk 1037 as they travel to Hertford County. Last night, the Canes snapped a three-game skid as they defeated the Kraken 3-2 in overtime on a goal from Martin H.S. That'll do it for your 94. Through the game sports flash update and pirate report. On the other side of this timeout, we'll be back to wrap up the Patrick Johnson show.
0: And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. No! It's the P Man here on 94 3 The Game.
1: All right, uh, getting ready to wrap it up here, final segment. We're going to do a three segment shoe today um ACC out with their uh preseason uh lineup preseason prognostication and um let me see here i'm just getting blown up with all kinds of emails pilk it's uh, it's nuts um preseason prognostication Uh, Has Duke, number one, Miami, number two. The Tar Heels, number three, Virginia, four, and Clemson. How about Clemson, number five? Um, NC State and Wake follow, or actually, it's the opposite order. Wake and NC State follow uh, Clemson. The freshman for Carolina was the freshman of the year. He's very slight as a guard, but uh, I guess he's going to help turn the Tar Heel fortunes around and then flip the preseason player of the year for the uh, Duke uh, Blue Devils. I'm ready for basketball season, Pilk. It uh, starts a week from Monday. I know there's some exhibitions and stuff like that. Some of the secret, top secret scrimmages are going on now. But uh, anyway, I, I'm ready for hoops to start. And, and, and an announcement uh, we'll make it on Monday, but uh, uh, the Inside Pirate Athletics show will be. Um, not airing on the 6th. They're going to add it to kind of the end of the season. So no, uh, no show that evening for uh, the coaches' show, as it were, at Tiebreakers. I think they're going to add it to the back of the season, the basketball uh, or the baseball season. Um, rundown of the uh, games tonight, uh, final week of uh, high school football, some of the uh, games of interest in the uh, area, of course. Uh, we've got double... Your excitement, double your fun. Uh, at uh, the top of the hour here on 94.3 The Game, Rose at Havelock. You can listen to the Rose feed right here. You can listen to the Havelock feed on Oldies 941 and 102.7. Uh, North Pitt is at Farmville. We just talked to Chris Cherry, South Central at Conley. Washington at Aiden Grifton tonight. So that's got a little rivalry rivalry flavor about it. Uh, Kinston and North Lenore in that pillow fight. Northside Pine Town at Pamlico County. Uh, Tarboro at Washington County. That probably is a Vikings roadkill there. West Craven at Southwest Edgecombe uh, and the Parrot Academy against Faith Christian on the road to wrap up the regular season. JP two season has concluded. They are an independent. This year so no uh postseason for them as it were um we we of course we'll have our coverage tomorrow of uh east carolina and uh texas san antonio pill give me a, a up-to-date line on that for entertainment purposes only of course uh what's happening as far as what's going on with uh, the pirates uh what's going on with uh, utsa From the Vegas perspective. What do we got, Pilk? Uh,
4: According to what I'm seeing here, it's still 18.5 is the spread and 47 is the over-under.
1: So that's the biggest, uh, second biggest number that the Pirates have been up against this year. I think they were bigger dogs at at Michigan. Yeah, it was uh, a full
4: three touchdowns at Michigan. It may have even been 22 points. It was at least three touchdowns.
1: And this is three touchdowns, but you're, you're talking yeah. about extra points and other things with uh, with that. So, I mean, this is a three-touchdown disadvantage. Uh, look, I, I think Texas San Antonio is very talented. I think the roadrunners are very uh, experienced. I think a lot of what happened with them at the beginning of the year is that they had such a rash of injuries and their quarterback was not healthy that it, it it's problematic and has been problematic for them as far as uh, – getting off to a good start because they had a pretty stout schedule in the pre-conference. Now they're in the league. They've reeled off three wins in a row and they've got a whole uh, month and one week of the season remaining. And they're very much in the thick of things. So ECU at this point could play a little bit of a spoiler with UTSA and then uh, with uh, Tulane next week because those are some of the teams sitting at the top. So, you know that that's kind of the thing i think yeah it's not the primary motivation but i think if you're ecu a win any win you'll take at this point in football but just anything to to maybe hey guys we could we could still have an impact on the conference race by having uh knocking off this team or that team and and kind of change their trajectory of the season and those are things that can motivate uh at times we'll be on the air tomorrow uh, and that'll be coming your way at, uh, 1230 with our pirate game day countdown, uh, Philip, the ref Pilkington providing updates. Dom Kasolki will be, uh, producing. I'll be hosting alongside Terrence copper and Joey football. Steve Igo. I well, I go be in the studio with us or is I go still not a hundred percent healthy Pilk.
4: Uh, tomorrow is still to be determined. He did not come in earlier today. He did it from his house. So, um, can we link him great. up
1: to that from the house and me from the working man's beach and the studio? Can we do that tomorrow? A triple threat like that?
4: Yeah, I think we can.
1: All right, get with Michael. Let's make sure we can. I think that'd be the way to go tomorrow.
4: Then I agree. However, you know, Michael's probably asleep by now. I'll text him in the morning. He he's asleep. Here it is, almost he's seven o'clock. He's not asleep right now. I don't he's know, not man. Asleep right My, now. Michael goes to bed pretty early.
1: Pill kick and trying to create the uh, the theater of the mind illusion. Just check with Michael. All right, I <laughs> know I will. Just check with Michael. I, I'm sure we could uh, we could get it done. All right, um, great week this week. Jason Sunhalder, I guess, will be back with us on Monday. We'll talk to him. We'll also have inside Pirate Athletics from Tiebreakers with Coach Houston and Stephen Igo. Uh, looking forward uh, to that. And yours truly will be there uh, as well. All right, Uh, we're winding down the uh, time here on this uh, Patrick Johnson show. We have the high school football season week 11 finale coming up. It'll be uh, Rose wrapping up the season, taking on Havelock. Tough one for the Rampants. We'll see how it uh, shakes out. And we'll look forward to... uh, telling you all about the high school football playoffs next week. Are we going to try to get some stuff on social this weekend with uh, who makes the tournament out of uh, Pitt County?
4: Yeah, well, yeah we Put can that do that. Put that on your Dave. list
1: of a million things to do.
4: When did they announce that? Sunday?
1: Yes, no, no, Saturday. Sometime tomorrow. Oh,
4: okay. Yeah, sometime tomorrow. Like, yes. Yeah, so let's say Sunday morning, we're doing it with Dom because I'll be uh, hanging out at the Panthers game Sunday. So.
1: Yeah, it'll be before then. Dom will have to. You and Dom will have to take care of that tomorrow. All right. Thank you, Pilk. Have a great weekend. We'll see you tomorrow. And uh, everybody else, you have a great and safe weekend. Get out and enjoy this beautiful weather and uh, stay tuned. Rose football is straight ahead.